right, welcome uh, to another episode of Racing News Podcast. This is episode uh, 57. We're well into 2022. The races are starting to come thick and fast now. I do, uh, Kyle, I do like this time of year. I feel January is a bit of a holding pattern in terms of races. I know there's a few races in there, but um, I guess normally when Tarawera comes around, which is disappointing for this year, obviously, that it's cancelled, but normally when Tarawera sort of hits, kind of marks the beginning of the the season, I guess, for me. What are your thoughts? Is, is yeah. February a bit of a, okay, we're into the year now? Yeah, like you said, Tarawera has always been the, the start of the year for me. I've been over there four times for it, and it always feels like it kind of kickstarts everything. It also Have means you been four times to Tarawera? Yeah, I've done the 60 and the 100 three times. So, yeah, right? I've spent four, oh, yeah. four Februarys over there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it always means we've got to train through summer, which is always a bit of a, a, bit of a bummer, but that's okay. Um, yep. And, yeah, it's always kind of get over there, and then you always know that you train through to the end of January, you start tapering, you get through Tarawera, and you know that when you come back, it's going to be hopefully slightly cooler. By the time you get back yep. into training, it's kind of close to the end of February, start of March. The mornings are slightly starting to get cooler. So it's always the end of end of the heat for me when I normally head over there because I know when I come back and actually get into things, I'm going to get yep. some cooler mornings. So don't have that this year. So it's just training straight on through. Yep. Yep, so February will start to kick things off. There's quite a few races in February and March and some big ones, I guess, locally that sort of crop up around that sort of March time. But, yeah, in this episode, we're going to go through um, Summer Goats, We're going to go, through, which is pretty much wrapping up. We're recording this Sunday afternoon, which is the 30th. So people now have, what, about 30 hours left in the Summer Goats. So mo- by the time most of you listen to this, it will be all wrapped up and done. Um, so yeah, we'll chat through Summer Goats, we'll talk about BOR at night, which was on Saturday last night, um, up at BOR, we'll look at White Rock, uh, Tambourine Relays, we'll have a quick chat about the Zatapec, which is, I guess, Australia's premier track race that happened, um, through the week, and also some exciting developments from overseas, UTMB, which of course is linked to UTA and to Tarawera, have announced a new race in the region, which is going to be awesome, so we'll chat through that as well, but, um, Kyle, are we down to nine weeks now, is it? Is it, I th- no, seven, eight. No, I, eight I, think it, I hope it's 10. I've been telling everyone I've got 10 weeks left. Hold on, let me get my calendar out. One, two, I've three, four, off you there. five, six, seven, eight, no, 10. You gave me a heart okay. attack then. 10. I've still got 10 okay. weeks. 10. Plenty of uh, 70 Plenty of sleeps. You were asking the question the other day about weeks versus days. Yeah. 70 days sounds like an eternity, so I've got plenty of time. So it's either two and a half months, 10 weeks, or 70 days. I'll take 70 days. That feels like it sounds a lot longer. 10 weeks yeah, doesn't sound cool. that far. But no. So a couple of so the long runs have gone well. So you've done some some rolling ones. Yeah, it's recently. been good. They've been on similar courses the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I had a another good couple of weeks, although slightly interrupted. But I'll go into that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew this anyway. We'll get we'll get to that as well. But yep. the last two weeks, I'd, I think when we spoke last, I'd had a couple of weeks around one hundred uh, just over one hundred and five, and then one hundred and sixteen k's, um, yep. and then. Not this week, just gone the week before. I did 117. So I did, that was another good kind of mm. consistent week. I only did one double in there, which was always nice to kind of get that kind of volume without having to jump out and do these extra half an hour, 40-minute runs all the yeah. time. But I only did one session last week because it was – so we got to Tuesday and we did 10 by 2 minutes. And yep. we started off doing that session and – throughout the session, I thought I was probably going to be the only one left towards the end because Jack had just come off a you know, 36K long run or whatever he'd done in Narang two days before. And I think we got about halfway through and he said, oh, my legs are a bit heavy. I might only do, say, six of these. But then he kind of just hung in and hung in. And I'm glad yeah. because he kind of then pushed me the last few reps. And I think people remember I said when you asked me about 
people pushing me in sessions. I think I talked about this last time. Jack's definitely taken it upon himself to come and just try and smash me in these sessions, <laughs> which has been great. So we had a good little, a good little yeah. session there together doing those two minute reps. Um, and yeah, then the rest of the week all was just kind of fairly easy running, nothing too special within that. We got out and did a loop from Pacific Pines out towards kind of Hope Island, Paradise Point, back past right. Harbour Town through Parkwood. So it kind of starts with a few Ks of rolling hills and then finishes with a few K of rolling hills. So you get a nice flat mm. section in the middle. And I, I love this loop. We did it again this morning. And it's just, it's, it's nice to run on big, long, smooth, uninterrupted roads where you can kind of just get into a rhythm and switch off and you're not really thinking about anything. So I've really yeah. liked this just for getting time on my feet, just in that, you know, like what it is in marathon day when you're running on roads, just kind of trying to switch off and just run. And I find that at the moment the kilometers are just ticking by nicely. And the other yeah. thing I reckon I've done, and I reckon it's close to six months now, is I've turned auto lap off on my watch, I reckon at least the last six months. And I don't know yes. why I haven't done it sooner. I always had it on. I don't know why. I just never thought to turn it off. It never really bothered me. But I just turned it off one day because I turned it off for sessions and do the set up the sessions and auto um, lap them myself. And then I just forgot to turn it back on for a few days. And I had a few runs and I yep. went, oh, this is actually quite nice, just not hearing the beeps. And just next minute you look down and you're, you know, three Ks further in than you thought you were waiting for this beep to come, which never came. And yeah. I'm still clicking over every kilometre though. You're still getting kilometre splits. No, you just no, turn the... no splits. Oh, so I don't get anything. Right. So it's just, I kind of just have the watch face or just the distance or whatever I want and just... I find that, you know, I only probably look down and look at it every, you know, three or four kilometers versus looking at it nearly at least every kilometer at the at the mm. least. And I've loved it. It's been really good. So mm. on these long runs, I feel like time's just going significantly faster, whereas I kind of got sick of just getting reminded every kilometer that's only been one kilometer since yeah. I last looked at my watch. So that was a good little thing that I've done in the last few months, which I've quite enjoyed. But yeah, last weekend, I... I finished the week off. I thought, you know, 117 Ks for the week. I'm building nicely. We had 11 weeks to go. This is all going good. Mm. I got long run done in the morning, headed out, got all the yard work done all afternoon. I thought, how good's this? And the lawns, the edges, like, what a day. You know, I had to go drop my car, my car off to get clean. And then I thought, oh, this is great. I've come home. I've got everything done that I need to get done. And I walked back into the garage and thought, oh, I'll quickly just get the blower and just clear out the garage. It's the last thing I hadn't done. There was just a bit of dirt and stuff, a few leaves in the garage. And I was just walking along in the garage and just as I went to move these things near the wall, stuff shot straight back up into my face. Wow. And of course, as soon as it happened, I just thought, oh no, this will be right. I'll just brush that out. That'll be okay. But it, it hurt quite yeah. a bit. And then it was a few minutes later, I started to think, this isn't coming out. Like, this isn't really isn't feeling great. And of course, you know, I had my glasses on all day doing all the yard work in the 30 seconds, I was quickly going to blow out the the garage i didn't have them on so lesson learned yep. there i've been told about a thousand times this week that'll that'll teach you so I'm, i've learned my lesson there and yeah it was probably the most pain i've ever been in for a long period of time sunday night so i yeah it wasn't very comfortable my eye was not great I ended up going to the doctor on monday morning and it turns out i'd had a little cut on my actual eyeball from whatever hit me in the eye which was not wow. pleasant because closing my eyes hurt opening hurt looking any direction yeah. hurt so it was a not a fun night and morning and then i had to get these drops and numbing stuff put in my eye and then i was in an eye patch for for a day after that which everyone was getting a good <laughs> laugh out of but it also it also meant that there was no running happening at that point even if i wanted to because it had nothing to yeah. do with my legs the, just the pain that i was in that day there was no way i was going for a run so i didn't run monday got to tuesday and it was feeling a little bit better then as well and i thought oh no i'm definitely not getting off and going for a run as well so i had tuesday off again Wednesday yep. morning, played golf, actually, because we had the day off. 
off work, which was nice. And it got through golf okay. So I thought, okay, I'm back into sport. This is good. That was my that was my return to exercise plan was a round of golf, which it got mm. through. And then, yeah, then I kind of got back into things Wednesday afternoon, got out for a longish midweek long run. And yeah, then we got a session done on Friday, did a 30-minute threshold, which felt good considering it was quite humid, windy, conditions weren't great. And yeah, I got through that and actually felt pretty good. We ended up averaging we just low 330s, which is kind of scary in a way because that's the pace we're going to try and run a marathon at in just 10 yep. weeks' time. But at the same time, Canberra's going to be probably 15 degrees cooler than what we ran in on yeah. on Friday and hopefully not as windy, but we can't do much about that. And the humidity hopefully will be a lot lower. So I'll be interested to see what the difference feels like in what that pace feels like at different conditions. Mm. Um, but yeah, got through that one okay. You know, finish that session. I was saying to the guys the whole session, you need to finish this run feeling like you could go for another 10 or 15 minutes if you really had to. So we kind of, sometimes we do these runs and we tend to just progress that little bit in that last five or 10 minutes. But we I kind of made sure we just held back and kept the pace relatively consistent on that run and, and finished feeling good. So that was a nice little, a tough but a good confidence boost kind of summer session. It wasn't anything spectacular, but ticked that one off and then got out and did my first 30k long run of the year this morning and ah. yeah I, I look back last year i think i only did like six 30k training runs in the whole year yep. that was it mm. for all the all the races i did so i've ticked one off so far the year for the year which was nice and yeah we kind of got rolling towards the end this morning luke and i had one of those runs where just everything kind of clicked for us we really kind of wound it up those last couple of k's which was nice so yeah another quite a good week i nearly got 100k's even only starting from wednesday so it was so I was going to ask, so the, the 117 that you did last week, is is that almost your ceiling height in terms of kilometres? Is that in, in previous years? Have you got above 120? Yeah, like times? in previous years, I reckon that's probably where I've just kind of gone to. But I, I'm feeling really good at the moment. Like I've obviously got to be careful because yeah. I've still got 10 weeks. So, But I still feel like I've got plenty of room to go just within kind of those sessions. And I don't think I'll run that many more times a week. But I suppose I look at like what I did this week and it was just under 100Ks from Wednesday to Sunday. So, you know, if I'd run Monday, Tuesday on that week, that you know, I might have been a bit more tired, so I may not have run as much the back half of the week. But, yeah, everything's feeling kind of good at the moment. So I'd say between Wednesday to Tuesday at the moment, once I run the next couple of days, yeah. I'll probably be up closer to 135 for that seven-day period. So that'll probably be somewhere around where things peak. And but, what's, um, yeah. what's Strava saying for, for hours per week then? Because this is always interesting, isn't it? The, yeah. the amount of hours it takes to do 100 and something k's compared to so i'd been i'd been relatively consistent just because my weeks are generally pretty set like if people kind of go back and look through my training i pretty much do the same thing most days it's fairly consistent but i the three weeks before that i'd done eight hours 40 nine hours 15 and then nine hours 30 and then this week was only seven hours and five just because i missed those couple of days um but i still yeah only ran for seven hours and six minutes this week for the 96k so a- i didn't it sounds like a lot when people are talking about you know 115 120ks but when you're doing it all on the road and sessions or even this week this week was only seven hours so i'm not doing Isn't anything extraordinary not doing anything seven, crazy what do you say seven hours seven hours and, you, and six get, minutes i ran this week how many kilometers 96 so that's ridiculous isn't it so i mean if you if you're training on trails you're probably looking at what and it's Probably another three hours on top of that to get to 100k. Yeah. If you're looking at six minutes, roughly work on that six minute kilometer pace on yeah. the trails, then so I think, you're looking yeah. at 10 hours. It's kind of, <laughs> I haven't, I don't think, I don't know if I would have ever done a 10 hour training week. Like, hmm. I know you look at the guys that are doing a lot of trail stuff and they're, they're probably running a lot more time across the week than I am. It's always just if people always yeah. measure things in kilometers 
it always sounds, you know, more impressive. But at the end of the day, I generally mm. kind of measure mine off how many hours of running I'm doing because that's that's generally how much work I'm doing. Sometimes it's just harder and I, I travel a bit further. But, yeah, this week, seven hours. So I know on our um, Patreon, the coaching episode, in the next one we're going to talk about um, long runs and how to structure long runs and things like that. But can you give us a, a brief insight into what the long runs might look like for the next 10 weeks? Will you go higher than 30? Will they be broken up into 5K segments within that? What sort of things will you play around with? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably like... I'm generally for me, I'm pretty, I feel like I've got enough for me personally, kind of real big long runs in my legs coming from the ultras and stuff that I'm not that concerned about hitting massive long runs. I probably will in this lead up, go up towards that kind of 34 or 36, but I'd say that'll be the longest that I go probably around that 36. And then I think we're going to try and alternate between a slightly flatter long run and then a slightly more rolling hilly long run as well. So we'll kind of work in a few of those hillier long runs. And then a couple of times we'll probably do a little bit of marathon specific work within the session as well, but only only a couple of those because once our kind of training builds up, that Friday session almost becomes another long run. Like that becomes our long yep. run marathon session. Um, so then once we get to the point that those Fridays are getting to become quite big days and big sessions, the Sunday will just be more ticking off the volume, not going too fast and just getting the, getting the K's in. But yeah, that's what it's kind of looking like. It'll depend how we're feeling. And I'm generally not someone who will write out a 10 week plan, 12 week plan and just follow it to a T. I'll kind of write my own or decide what I'm going to do week to week. For me personally, like I don't really even write my stuff specifically out. I'll kind of think a day or two ahead what I actually mm. want to do and just purely depends on how I'm feeling as to whether I want to go longer or harder or, you know, generally it's fairly similar so I kind of know what's going to happen, but yeah. I'll still change things on the fly if I need to depending on how things are feeling. Awesome. So is is the, the number still 229 then? It's still the Yeah, the I think, yeah. I think the plan will just be, I just want to tick it off. And yep. I think I'd rather just get as fit as I possibly can and, and go through probably, you know, 25, 30K trying to run that pace. And look, if I feel like I get in better shape and I can run an extra 30 seconds faster or a minute quicker, then sure, I'm obviously going to do that towards the end and run as hard as yeah. I can. But I'm going to try and put myself in a position to run 229 and hopefully I can do it. And if not, that's fine. I'll, I'll go again at some other point. But yeah, 229. I just want to tick one off. Got to, got to tick that barrier off. Yeah, brilliant. All right, let's um, let's move on then to a few things that have been happening around. So as we said, the end of um, January in most years brings in the beer wire at night and tambourine relays and things like that. So those couple of events have happened over the last week. So uh, last night, Saturday night, was beer wire at night. And it is, I was talking to a few people there at the time, and I, I, Kyle, I think this is one of the most undervalued and underrated events that we have on the calendar because we don't have many night races um, through the year. And the idea with this one for the marathon and the half marathon is starting at four o'clock and six o'clock and then they're out on course and that sun starts to set behind the Glasshouse Mountains. It's just absolutely a sight to behold. Um, the 10K runners, they sort of head out pretty much on the, the cusp of sunset so they don't really get to see that those colours out there. But the um, the course was treacherous. If you've seen any of the Strava posts, um, Kyle, you would have seen there was mud. Yeah, all I saw very was mud. Sloppy Everyone yaps. talking about the mud. Yep, it was fairly humid out there, apparently, for most of them. It was muddy. Um, Simon from Run Queensland, who we had on the podcast in the last episode, he took some Instagram photos when he was out, uh, Instagram video when he was out marking the course, and you could just see how treacherous it actually was. So it, based on that, I think when you look at the times and you compare them to previous years, they are a little bit slower than what they have been in past years, maybe with the exception of a couple of, um, a couple of victories, but it was definitely hard going. 
and, and a slog for most people out there. So um, I was lucky enough to be on the, the finish line just helping Simon hand out a, and um, hand out the, the finishing towels, which and I said to him at the time, the, their idea of having the, the, the car seat cover, the finishing towel that goes over your car seat is absolutely awesome. And I love it. I, I love the fact that race directors now are looking at different sort of things to give out to people. We know that Andrew on uh, Scenic Rim, he's got the cowboy hat, hasn't he, for the when you finish the ultra at Scenic Rim Ultra and things like that. We know Blackall obviously has the bell and just different things apart from those standard medals, I think. Um, so, yeah, so those towels were being handed out at the finish line. And, yeah, some of the races were pretty close, but there were some some massive victories. Um, and I heard a few people ch- chatting about the dungeon, uh, which, of course, is quite famous there up at uh, up at BOR. But, yeah. One of the things I did see, Kyle, before we go into the results, was a couple of people coming down Biwar in absolute darkness, descending down mm. pretty much in absolute darkness. You could just see the headlamps coming down, which, ah, amazing. I don't know. I don't know if that I That seems right up your alley. I'm surprised you <laughs> yeah. went up there after the race. Just thought you'd pop up for a quick lap to the top. I don't know if I could do that. Um, all right, so let's go through some results from, uh, from Biwar. I'll start with the... Uh, let's start with the 10K. Let's start with the 10K. So the females, we had Nina Woodhouse, uh, one minute, 10, uh, sorry, one hour, 10 minutes. Um, second and first, Gillian Davidson, 107.53, Emily Fagg in 107.45. I saw that come through. I actually handed both of them their towels, and it was pretty much a sprint finish to the end. It's it's a slight uphill as you come to the finish line, the last sort of couple of hundred metres. and So that would have been a bit tough for Emily to hold off Gillian uh, there. In the males, then we had Simon Wilson fifty eight twenty five, John Robinson fifty three forty five, and Brian Wilder forty eight minutes flat. He won last year as well. Um, I don't have his time on me as well here, but pretty similar time. Brian was one of the ones where you look at his time in comparison to previous years, and it wasn't too dissimilar. Um, he was out straight away from the gun, and as we said, we know how good he's done on the SEQ, um, the short course for the um, Southeast Queensland Trail Series. He's won four from four, I think, from there. So, yeah, Brian looks in good form there. To win by five minutes over 10K is is pretty solid. Um, and then in the half, Kyle, have you got some yeah, half, got the half marathon ones. results there? So, a couple of names that we know yeah, just popping up few, in the results. A few here. familiar names. So Hannah Sedell in the females took third, and she finished in 215.45. Second was Sinead Warriner, Gold Coast runner. She ran 212. She got second. And then another friend of ours, Jessica Willis, has took a dominating victory, 204. Um, mm. So she's had a great run there for, for the victory. So well done to Jess. She's been training well again, just putting in some massive weeks and just looked like this was just thrown into one of her big training weeks and picked yep. up a victory within that. So that's impressive to see. Uh, and then in the males, Richie Leach took out third in 150. Jake Townsend took out second in 146. And Mark Windsor took out a victory in 141. So he's won by about five minutes, just over five minutes. So it's a cracking run from Mark. But, yeah. That's that's the half marathon, and then we've got the the main well, event. Before we yeah, yeah, before we go into that, um, it was good to see Jake Townsend come back. I had a little chat with him at the end. He said he's just coming back from a stress fracture over the last sort of year or so. So that was he was really really happy with that result. Oh, good to see. Um, and as if you said, Jess backing up after GC fifty, the win at the end of last year. Um, and this is one of those ones with Kyle. I was looking at the results from previous years, and I don't think I think the course was almost identical. I think there was a slight change, but I think it was pretty much the same. Last year's winner in the half, I think, was about 10 minutes quicker. And um, Cecilia Mathers won the half last year, I think, in about 150, low 150s or something like that. So you can see there, over a longer distance race, just those really, really thick, muddy conditions would have would have made it pretty hard going for those leaders to to get the power and the speed through that section. 
um, yeah, so the male, I'll do the, the female um, marathon. So I'll do the female one. So we have Buha Bali in third, five hours, 21. Charmaine Thompson in second, five hours and 18. Carol Robertson first in 4.41. Now, before you give me the, the male ones, Kyle, I did ask um, Simon at about halfway through what the placings were for the, for the marathon. He said the males were really quite close. Dan Simmons was in there. Um, Sam Stowe was in there. Um, Cam Munro was in there as well. So Dan Simmons actually dropped, um, I'm not too sure whether it was after the first lap or, or a bit afterwards, but um, he dropped from the race. I think he had a hamstring injury or something like that. Um, and as we saw there, Bobby Brown, who ends up in the top three, was nowhere to be seen at the at the halfway race, at the point in this race. So he's come through quite quick for the second half. So have you got the results there, Kyle, I for do. the top three? Another little interesting note, you know, I know last time we were talking about age group categories and different names. Look at oh, yeah. the age group category here, 10 to 29. Imagine it's, if you were 29 and getting beaten by a 10-year-old and losing your age group. That'd be that'd be devastating, yeah. wouldn't it? But <laughs> those poor 10 year I think the 10-year-olds would feel a bit hard done by if they were in this marathon and getting lumped in with the 20-year-olds. But anyway, I like that. That's good. Um, Cam Munro ended up in third in 4.37. Bobby Brown, who you just mentioned, who finished very strong. He ran 4.21. Uh, and Samuel Stowe has taken out the win in 3.56, so dipping under that four-hour barrier for the marathon on that kind of course in those conditions is very, very good running. So a massive win for Sam there. Like, if you look at it, it's it's a huge margin. And I think, so Cam, when he finished the race, Cam came into the medic, and I wasn't too close, but I could see him sort of pointing to his head, and they were kind of looking at that kind of area. So there's a, there's a chance maybe that Cam had some sort of fall during the race, um, because he looked very sort of groggy at the finish line and obviously wasn't pushing very hard. So he was certainly a lot closer to Sam at the halfway mark than that sort of reads. But people might remember Sam's name. He was third at Blackhall 100. He was the one that Rachel was gaining on really quite quickly. He ran 10.40 at Blackhall. So, um, yeah, he started the year in good form as well. So, yeah, another wonderful event um, by the guys at, uh, at Run Queensland by Brett and Simon and... It's selling out more and more and more every every single year. Their events are selling out. Of course, they've got the Yandina 5.0 coming up in March, which is uh, the prize that we have for the Summer Goats. We're going to draw that in the next week for those who've done all five rounds of the Summer Goats. But Run Queensland, they keep putting on great events. Now, an interesting discussion I had while I was up there, Kyle, is that I I heard, I think I heard Jake Townsend, someone mention over in the, when they were in the, the finishing area, something about a goat loop. And that reminded me, the Sunshine Coast has a goat loop. And so I asked Simon, I said, right, what, do you know where this goat loop actually is? And he said, yeah, it's at near, but the, near where Nambour Park Run is in the, in the forest in that kind of area. And he said the, the distance is about 13 kilometres roughly and it's got about 500 metres of vertical gain. So, um, and I asked him what sort of times they're running um, and he said kind of in the high 40s, I think, was what they were running. Um, ah. But I'm not too 100% sure. No, I'm going to check. That is that very good going if they're running. Or was I thinking high 50s? Um, I'll f- I'm going to find it anyway. I'm going to find it when you're talking a, a bit later because I had it on the dashboard. I actually had it and I've cleared it off my screen. But if you go onto the desktop for your Strava at some stage during the week, those people who love the goat loop, and just type in Nambour, you'll see the loop come up. It's a 13K loop, and I think it's called the goat gate to gate or something like that. It's about 13K, about 500 metres of elevation. But there's some quick times on there. Uh, don't quote me on that 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 fast time, um, but I'm I thought it'd be a great idea. Quote to... you on that, Tom. I'm just gonna... <laughs> it'd so, be yeah. a great idea to take some people who love the Southern Goat, the Gold Coast Goat Loop, take them up minibus style. Up we go to the Sunshine Coast Goat Loop, 
see if we can dominate up there, put some crowns, you know, into the top 10 and then uh, flee the scene and leave it. So I'd like to see what it is. I'd like to see what it looks like um, and learn a bit about the history of that place. So, yeah. I like it, Tom. I like it. I'm trying, to find, I'm trying to find it as well now. <laughs> what, what can I find? Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move on from that. But, yeah, another wonderful event up at Biwa. So, Kyle, we go now into the Summer Goats then. So we are 30 hours away from the end of Summer Goats as we are recording here. Sunday afternoon we're doing this. Most people would have put all their cards on the table. They would have given it absolutely everything that they've got. And looking at the, the 1.0 leaderboard from this month, it's the Beast of Narang has had its way, I think. It's, 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 it's put a fair dent into people's efforts. We've had numerous um, PBs that have been had, but certainly not as fast as I thought it was going to be. I thought we might have had some really quick times in there, but um, two have gone under 30 for the very first time, which makes them now, I think, they're number 18 and 19 on the, the list of people to go sub 30. But, yeah... Tom Brimelow, here's, here's the rundown. I'll give you the rundown for, for January. So Tom Brimelow, first in 28 minutes, 13 seconds. Andrew Pierce, second, so 29 minutes and 50. Joel Ashdown. Do you know Joel? Is that a new name? No, I've seen his name around a little bit, but I don't know Joel. Welcome to the Goat Loop, Joel. I'm not, not sure whether that's the first time he's been out there or whether that's uh, a regular thing for him. I haven't seen his name before. So Joel was third, Will Kitchen was fourth, Jack Day was fifth, Sam McLaren went out this morning, Kyle, look at that, in the sixth. And I tell you what, when I go through the points as they stand at the moment, that is a really interesting place. The poor fella, if he could, if he could have found another 15, 16 oh, He's not going to want to hear this. It would be very different. <laughs> Zach Harris, seventh, Matt Burt, eighth, um, Jake Roberts, ninth, Ryan Bolton, tenth. That rounded out the top ten. For the male, um, one name missing from that top ten there, which we thought yeah, might have been. I'm in. just, I'm sitting, still, at, I'm still scrolling, and oh yeah, there at, it is, thirteenth, Jack Gill. What has happened there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Pressure got to him. Here we go. Uh, the female. So Haley Teal, uh, thirty-six minutes and ten seconds. Chrissy in second, thirty-seven fifty-one. We then had Cherie Barnes. So she hasn't done many of the, the summer goats challenges, but. She's quite familiar to people who are on the goat loop. Uh, Danielle Murray in fourth, Dana Marr in fifth, Janice Tide sixth, Stephanie Wilton seventh, Ursula Adams in eighth, Mel Haley in ninth, Jen Gale in tenth. Um, for a total of how many people this month, Carl? I think in total we've had 129. 129. So, so that's that's got to be the biggest, hasn't it? Out of all of them, yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so... Do you want to hear the points as they stand at the moment, Kyle? Yeah, I'm interested. Go, go I for think, it. I'm, I'm going to double-check this, but I think this is – this. if there's no movement this evening uh, and there's no movement tomorrow morning on a Monday morning um, goat loop, which would be the ultimate flex. Well, interestingly, Darcy's been – I know Darcy mm. was at um, – he was at White Rock this morning, wasn't he? He was. I think with, I think with Trailbrew. So maybe a Monday morning flex from Darcy could just Ooh, that throw this completely wouldn't out. Wouldn't that be interesting? So if you're – if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, these results could be the same, but they will probably be different. But I'm going to double-check them because I did them quickly. At the moment, here's how I make it stand after five rounds. As I said, Tom Brimelow, Andrew Pierce, they become the 18th and the 19th people to, to go sub-30. Um, I'm not sure if that's males or whether that's overall. I'll that is overall, that. I believe. That's overall. So 10th for the males. Matt Burt in 8th. 
played uh, with eight points. Joel Ashdown, he's come in for the last round, grabbed eight points, and he's also therefore um, so so they would be tied together on in ninth. But Joel and Matt on eight points. Um, in eighth overall, Jack Day with ten points and Jeremy Patch with ten points. So they're seventh and eighth. So I'm pretty sure just on that one that I know one of them will be running tomorrow morning. So there may Excellent. be movement there. We will see. Yep. Um, Zach Harris, 12 points, sitting in sixth at the moment. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Fifth at the moment, Darcy Swain, 24 points. Not No no register at all for this month on the Summer Goats. So that could definitely change. Also, we've discussed the point. You could also be holding a run back on private. So Darcy might good. not need to go out next tomorrow very morning. Dramatic. He may have... He may just have a private goat loop there, just holding it back, seeing if he needs it. Um, then here it is, Kyle. Fourth place, Sam McLaren, 29 Ooh. points. Because Andrew Pierce this month came second, and that took him from 21 points to 30 points, and he leapfrogged Darcy and Sam into third. So at the moment, Andrew Pierce, you're on the podium, 30 points, unless Sam goes out tomorrow morning or unless Darcy. <laughs> does his Monday morning flex. Um, then second place, Jack Gill, no points for this month on 40. Tom Brimelow took out the bonus points, ended up on 56 points in first place. So well, the only thing we're looking at for the next 30 hours is that third, fourth, fifth, really, uh, and maybe a few down the bottom. So that's how it stands at the moment. I will double-check that. I, I quickly did that this afternoon once I'd been on Strava. Um, the female, here we go. The female top 10, as it stands, tied in ninth place, Ricky Pring and Rinny with 10 points. Then in eighth, we had Mel Haley on 16 points. Then in tied for sixth, we had Steph Wilton and Janice tied on 19 points. Then in fifth, we had Ingrid Barden on 21 points. She did very well mm. to say she only did yeah, very a couple. well. I oh, went the wrong way on 5.0. Yeah, she went could have made that very interesting had she got points for, got all yeah. the points for that. And then moved into state. So that's that's a pretty good effort. Um, Chrissy ended up uh, in... Oh, hang on a sec. I don't think, I think I've done the female one wrong here. Ooh. It's, it's Chrissy. I'm going to hang on. Hold Chrissy the phone here. Has, she would have got nine points this month. She's got nine points. I've completely messed that up. No. Ooh, drama. So hang on. Last hang on, minute hang on, drama. Hang on. We want to count back. I'm going to have to rejig this female one here. So that means Chrissy's going to, so that means it's going to be Danielle and Dana would be third, tied third together. Oof. So it's yep, Chrissy tied the second then. Third together. Chrissy, therefore, because I completely missed her there, Chrissy, therefore, will jump to 40 points. She'll be second. Hayley Teal will be first Oof. on 49 points. So I think Danielle and Dana have actually tied together because they were on 29 and 28 points. Um, Dana had a point lead over Danielle. Danielle's got it by one. But Danielle's beaten it by one, which means they've tied. So Hayley first, Chrissy second, Danielle and Dana tied for third. Drama. The math behind this, Kyle, it's pretty hard. It's not easy. So that's where it stood at the moment. Um, And as I said, we'll see what happens in the next 30 hours. Um, tomorrow morning, and then we'll we'll put the updates on Facebook and on Instagram. But Kyle, talk us through the the drawing of this now. How's this going to work? So we, as we said, Run Queensland gave us a, a ticket, an entry to to Yandina five point oh. 
Yeah, so what we're going to do now is everyone that ran all five goat loops, and I'm just going back and double actually double checking all of these because I don't want to miss anyone because this is kind of the actual main prize of, of summer goats. This yeah. is the thing, the reason most people have actually been getting out there and running. They haven't really worried about the points. They just want this entry into this draw. Um, so we're going back and just cross-checking all five of the loops, every person that did all five of the loops, and I will mm. count the ones where people messaged me and took, did a bit extra and came back that didn't get on the segment. So everyone that did all five is going to go into the draw. Um, and then we're going to draw out, this will be sometime in the next week once we've confirmed the right numbers and everything, we are going to draw out a lucky winner and they're getting a free entry into the distance of their choice at the end in a 5-0. Yeah. And if, as, as we said, if you've already entered, then you just get the refund of your yep. um, entry fee, which is great. So, look, a massive thanks to um, to Simon and to Brett from Run Queensland for giving us a, a free ticket for that, um, for Yandina 5.0, the support they've given us through Summer Goats. Huge thank you to everyone who's been out there smashing themselves. We know those weren't easy courses and easy loops, and um, there's a big call for next year to make it a Winter Goats, which could happen. But I, I don't know, Kyle, I like the idea of a Summer Goats. It's got um, a nice ring to it, it, doesn't it? I feel it like makes it tough. it's called. It can't change it now. We'll I see. think we'll see. next, well... I don't know. Has, has has the host podcast done enough to to warrant it coming back for a second year? Like, how many rounds did you do? Did you uh, do one? I did one. So that's what did I do? I think you did. I did, you did two, didn't you? No, I did. I did. No, I did five as a training run. I did four properly and then got injured. So I've done two rounds. You've done one. So we've done a total of so three. It's a real out of solid 10. effort from us. Real solid effort. So uh, I think yeah, if, if it comes back next year, we're going to have to definitely. Make sure we do all five rounds. But I, I can claim injury, uh, and you can claim a two two nine marathon aim as That's the right. reasons why That's we haven't right. been out there. But yeah, I hope it'd be fascinating to know actually from people listening whether anyone got five PBs. Yeah, I'd be interested because we would. That was kind of the goal to get people out doing these loops that they either hadn't done. Well, there's probably a lot of people that hadn't done them before as well. Yeah, but yeah, I'd be interested yeah. if anyone had done them all and ran PBs for all of them. So we will we will see. But yeah. And I guess as well, um, one of the ideas we talked about at the very beginning when we looked at Summer Goats was now you can, you can add all your times together and get your unofficial Goat Royale time and, and compare that to everyone else's. So uh, that would be really interesting to put together what, for example, Tom Brimelow and Hayley Teal's unofficial Goat Royale time would actually be across those five leagues and see how much quicker it is than who's got it at the moment. Is it Brad? I think Brad's got it. Yeah, um, see how much quicker it is than than Brad's time um, across that. So yeah, put together your goat royale time, compare it with your with your mates, see if you run with, because it, you, it might be a situation where someone got more points than you, but your goat royale time might actually be faster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could go back and forth a little bit of banter to see what what actually counts. Does the this, the season points do they count, or does the goat royale time actually really count? Um, and maybe Kyle, that's how we could do it next year. The, the broken goat royale, yeah. no points, just purely time. So oh, you've got to put in every single, every single. Well, we do it within a month, and you've got to run all five within the month to get your time for unofficial time. We like, can put a time limit. It's it's interesting. We could do it. See, the, the the this is how we do things here. This the the brainstorming just happens. We make things up on the spot, and then they become a thing. And you guys do them, so that's awesome. <laughs> it's exactly what we want. Um, now, Summer Goats, it's coming to a close, Kyle. So we talked a little bit about this on the, the last... Oh, actually, before we go into that, we've... Um, Strava, so it tells me this afternoon, is it 6,431? Is that what, is that what we're still at? We're we had at any 6,435. 35, okay. So 
I'm going to keep an eye on those tallies that we want for the year um, uh, to see who gets the closest. That hasn't, I mean, that's a fair bit. We must have had a, a 100 this month then, obviously. Mm. So that's good. We'll see what happens in February. Um, so now that Summer Goats is coming to a bit of a close, that's going to end. We're going to do the draw for the prize and, and whatnot. We now have a little bit of a new idea, which we alerted everyone to in the last podcast episode, um, courtesy of Mr. Jack Day, who's become a lover of the goat, particularly a Wednesday afternoon goat. Um, so Jack Day came up with this fabulous idea of a Narang-style bingo uh, where you have to f- do certain things, find certain things, and look for certain things out there. And then, again, bringing Jack into the brainstorming uh, trust, the Goat Loop sort of brainstorming trust, we came up with this idea that maybe we can make February the first month of bingo in Narang and make it fairly easy, easy-ish. Yep. Um, and then if you kind of if you are able to complete all nine parts on the bingo board, then maybe you could request March's bingo and that becomes a little bit more difficult and then April's becomes more difficult again. Um, I was even talking to Jack Day this week about maybe it, a March doesn't even have to be in Narang. Maybe we go somewhere else. Yeah, I like it. Could be anywhere. Different trails. Or could be road. Could be anything like that, couldn't it? We, we'll come up with it. We will come up with it on the spot in a random discussion we have and that's what it will be. Um. So, Kyle, I'm going to run through the things that are on yeah. the Narang bingo board here for you. Let me just bring it up. So the so, way that we're going to do it for people as well, I think you're going to say, yeah. is it's it's a little bit of an honesty system from everyone. Obviously, oh, yes. we're not going to be able to track this on Strava like we did with Summer Goats. It's a bit of fun with it as well. But we will post this up once this episode goes live. And there's a nice little three-by-three three grid with the nine tasks, which we're going to go through and explain what they actually mean mm. so people can do it. And then we thought it would be good then if people want to save that photo, they can put their own little ticks or crosses, whatever you want to do, on that grid. And then if they do it yep. within a run, they can just post as the photo on their run. Um, yep. And in their description, they can just put Narang Bingo there so we can have a look and keep track of of everything as well. And the other thing that I thought might be useful for this as well, which I'm just thought of it just then i'm going to come up with it on the spot and do it is i'll try and make a group for the podcast on strava and then whoever's going to do this if they join the group on strava i can then just see everyone's activities whether people follow each other or Good not idea. so then we'll be able to Great see where to see everyone's activities so i will do that this afternoon so if you're listening to this and you're well if you're listening to this you're probably going to join it because you've been doing summer goats and those other things if you're on the gold <laughs> coast um but i'll try and make a racing news podcast club on strava and if you join that that's where you can post your things Excellent. So I've also, Kyle, I, I, I sent you and Benny the, the grid that we kind of made up together, but I, I've done another one here. Down the bottom, I've actually got a little hashtag. I've put hashtag RN bingo, as in racing news bingo. Yep. So if you put this onto any social media and you add the hashtag RN bingo, we can obviously find it as well. So you'll see that on the actual um, the square one. So I, I've done a, a square one that'll fit perfectly onto Instagram, and I've, I've that should hopefully fit perfectly onto Strava as well. So, um, and yeah, I like the idea, Kyle. You can just use your editing tool on your phone, can't you? And yep. just so save save the image, use the editing tool to cross things out, you know, tick them, do whatever you want. Um, and it's when we say bingo, you kind of got to do all nine things across the board as opposed to a single line as you do in bingo. Yep. So we want you to do all nine. Um, so, Kyle, here we go. Visit the gnome tree. Can you give us... Well, well I, actually, I no, I think we just leave it at that. All this right. is one where people are going to have to go if they have no idea what we're talking about there. You're going to have to go and seek out some people who know Narang <laughs> to find the information on where this tree is. But, yes, yep. you need to visit the gnome tree, number one. But what, what, is, the, what is it, first of all? Like, 
for those well, who don't I think know. it's fairly self-explanatory, Tom. It is a tree that has gnomes in it, <laughs> hence, hence the name gnome tree. It is not on okay. the goat loop. It is within the goat loop. That is the only clue I will give to people who don't know where it is. That gives yep. you a little bit of a narrow. It's on one of the single trails within the goat loop, and it is a tree okay. hollowed out at the bottom that is full of gnomes. Pretty self-explanatory. There's not too many of them in the forest. If you see it, you'll you'll know it straight away. What happened to the um the run at my GC physio gnome? Did that still survive, or is that oh, there is one? We've got a little one in there that sits in there. Right, so okay. there is still yep. one in there. Okay. Um, second one. You see a runner using poles. I think this could be the hardest one on there. You know, it is. It is. And again, I reckon I've well on the goat loop. I've only seen this once. Mr. Brad Glover out there hiking with poles. So this could be a tricky one. And I don't know whether people are just going to get a little loophole here and they're just going to go out with a friend and just take some poles, but that is the easy way to get this one done. <laughs> Why don't well, we yeah, do? I don't know yeah. if we specified whether it needs to be someone who are, you are not running with out there with poles or not, but we'll, we'll be lenient with these rules. We're not, we're not going to double check. I was going to say, we're not in the business of failing people, are we here, <laughs> really? <laughs> We're, we're giving a very generous C-minus pass. We'll get you uh, across the board for this. So if you want to go out there and use polls or you want to give your polls to a mate and go, there you go, I've seen you. Um, good enough. Good enough to get the tick. So single trail day. I like this one. So just a day where you basically don't touch fire roads. You're just all on the single trails. That could be a yeah. lot of fun for people. Yeah, good. Because we do get stuck, don't we? We get stuck on the tried and tested and the, the standard you know, course that we go on and most of them is a fire road, but you get those people who are just ardent single trail lovers, don't you? And just, they can't understand why I think we should make that road. one as well, that you have to do the whole loop with no fire trail. You can cross directly oh, yeah. over one, but you can't yeah. run a long one at all. So when you even go in through the gate, you have to go straight first of all and work your way yeah. through the forest. No going left up the little fire trail and then into that happy valley part. It needs to be the uh, whole yeah. run on single trail. Agree, definitely. Uh, then the next row we've got, um, well, Kangaroo. I didn't actually put see a kangaroo there, so I'm, I'm, that's what. That's that an means. easy tip. Yep, tick. Know yep. what that is. Um, in the middle, I put this one as a because you know on a bingo board where um, you often get a free square right in the middle. Yep. You know, right. So I thought this one is almost a free square. See Ben Deneen <laughs> is pretty much a free square. So, and I know for a fact that Ben's going to be out in Narang a fair bit over the next sort of month to eight weeks. Um, so he's got a little bit of time to be doing some some loops out there. So that should be quite easy to, to for it to happen. If he goes to a Monday morning, if Ben's there on a Monday morning, all those people can go, there he is. I've seen him tick that one off. And, of course, you can do multi, You can tick off multiple of these on the same run. So if you have if you have a good day out there, you, you might only have to go out once. Or, no, twice at least. At least twice. Twice, twice. Um, now, Kyle, can you explain this one? Spend some time in the Narang waterfalls. Now, the little icon there should give it away, but what's... What's the Narang yeah. waterfalls? It's probably one of the best waterfalls on the coast. Like I know we see photos all the time at like, you know, on the Coomera circuit at Binnabar and all these yep. amazing falls and whatnot. But the Narang waterfall is probably the number one tourist destination on the Gold Coast. So for yep. those people that don't know where that is, it is on the eastern end of the grandstand that looks over the actual Narang velodrome. There's a yep. lovely tap on the bottom, which I know Ben Deneen uses most runs for his post-run shower, and he has named it the Narang Waterfall. So, yep. yeah, spend some time in the Narang Waterfalls. I well, like that actually, I've, I've got a video of the creator of this Narang Bingo, Mr. Jack Day, in, in the Narang Waterfalls, um, <laughs> and I took the video in, in super slow-mo, and I said I was going to upload it, and then I watched it and went, actually, it's, it's a bit disturbing. <laughs> I'm not going to upload it, but now I'm going to upload it. So I'm going to put a, a little video of, of Jack Day in the Narang Waterfalls so you can see. Um, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, now, 
Next one down, the bottom row here, we've got Roy on a bike. <laughs> now, do you know about Roy on a bike, Kyle? Or is this just Ben making this up? This I don't know if this one's going to be easy or hard for people well, to do. Well, if Roy it's what I bike. think it is, I don't think it's going to be that hard because I feel like – now, I have no idea what this guy's name is, and I don't know if Ben actually knows what it is or he's just named him Roy. But there yeah. is a gentleman who rides his bike around the crit track at Narang all the yep. time, and he generally is not very pleased when people are running across the crit track. And I reckon anyone who's run a lot of goat loops would have been yelled at by Roy at least – at least once because you're in his way when he's riding around the velodrome. I know I have yeah. multiple times. He's never happy with us. So if you can see, if there's, if you see an elderly gentleman riding around his bike, well, I shouldn't say elderly. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's, I don't think he'd be a fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, if you see someone doing some nice loops around the crit track, he's generally there pretty yeah. much every morning. Um, that yeah. is Roy on his bike. So yeah, Ben indicated that he's there most mornings and afternoons. Yeah. So you should, and again, you don't need to get a selfie with Roy. You don't need yeah, to. Look, that could be bonus points, Roy. but I don't know how well that would end. I don't think Roy would appreciate uh, You don't even have to yell out to Roy. You've just got to go, I see Roy. There he is um, on a bike. And so the middle one down the bottom, easy one there, run a goat loop. So that's in for um, for the February one. And then I like this one in the bottom right-hand corner, see some bikes at the top of the goat climb. So that intersection right at the very top. See some mountain bikers at the top there. Yeah. That's pretty easy because well, I that think. But then the there's probably people out there that don't run goat loops very often, and if they want to do this, and they're going, well, this is my one goat loop for the month. If they get to the top of that climb, it could be almost a record for the slowest ever goat loop because they'll be sitting there. Might take a camp chair because <laughs> if you yep. get there and there's no bikes, you might be waiting quite a while if you're not coming back, <laughs> not yeah. coming back up to the goat loop in in the next month. So there we go. So visit the gnome tree, see a runner using pole, single trail day, single trail day, kangaroo, see Bendanine, Narang waterfalls, Roy on a bike, run a goat loop, see some bikes at the top of the goat climb. So as we said, you can do multiple of those on the same run. So you know, if you go out, what could you do? You you take your poles or you with a mate, run a goat loop, see Roy, see the bikes at the top, go with Ben Deneen, you'll see a kangaroo and then waterfalls. So you You can knock seven. You can knock seven of those off. Um, and Kyle, am I right in suggesting to people then that single trails could then be linked to the gnome tree? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Could be. There you so go. So that's your second so, run. Look on uh, Facebook and Instagram over the coming days for that little screenshot. So save it, put it onto your phone, crop it down, put it up onto Strava. Um, and hopefully we see Strava actually a light over the next month with Narang Bingo. And you'll see the... Hashtag down the bottom, RN Bingo uh, for February. And as we said, we think they're relatively easy. Um, and depending how it goes, we can then have a more difficult one in March, whether it's somewhere else um, completely or whether people just want to get more difficult in Narang because there's some weird and strange things that have been seen and spotted in Narang. Yourself, uh, Kyle and Benny and I included, we've seen some weird things on, on runs in the past. So there was talk of even... Um, like if you were to make a really hard level, I think Jack Day actually suggested this was to run a goat loop in your undies. Ooh, um, interesting. So I, I, I don't know. Don't, I don't know, know how that well that want to take off, but look, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to that level, but that's potentially potentially where we could go with it. So yes, a bit a little bit of fun after this, I guess the seriousness of um of summer goats over the last five months. There's Narang Bingo, Kyle. Let's move on. This morning, this was White Rock. <laughs> Um, and last week was tambourine relay, so we'll, we'll skip over those. I couldn't find the results for White Rock when I was yeah, on. I've this got them morning, up but right you, now. You told me you had them there, so yeah. Um, 
I think is it is it sort of um, Ipswich way? Is it, yeah, is it kind of just way? south of just south of there. Um, yep. But yeah, some lovely trails. It's probably an area that a lot of people wouldn't have run who listen to this podcast, mm. but it's definitely worth a visit out there as well because there's some lovely, lovely trails to run. So they had a, a few shorter distances for the kids and then a, a 12K and a 21K. Um, so I'll go through the 12K first. In the ladies, we had Catherine Cartmill was third and she ran 128. Second was Maria Hookstraight. And she ran 117. And then first was Jody Panisi in 116.47. That was only 19 seconds between first and second there. So another close race. Um, and then in the males in the 12, we had Philip Teekle ran 113.44. Mark Nichols was 113.28. Another close finish. Chase Eldridge ran 101. So one by nearly 12 minutes in the 12K. Wow. You don't quite often see people win by. Know, an average pace of a minute a kilometer faster than everyone else, but that is a dominating victory in the, in the twelve k. Um, and any they, indication of, of of elevation or I, have, I can't tell you that you've seen on head. Strava. I don't think it's too bad. I did see Matt's run this morning pop up uh, for the twenty one, and I want to say it was around five hundred and something meters, somewhere around that for the for the twenty one. Find it now. So yeah. a little bit less hilly than Narang for those people who know Narang. Um, but yeah, I'll go through the twenty one while you're having a look at those. So. Third place in the females was Joelle Langeveld. She ran 2.06. Second place, we had Erica Weedman, and she ran 2.02. And then first place was Jane Hoskin. That's a name that we've spoken about a few times on the podcast with these local trail races. She ran 151, so won by quite a way in that one. Um, a couple of familiar names in the, the 21 male race. So Matt Burt, he, Gold Coast, fellow Gold Coast runner, he was third and he ran 144.52. Second place, 144.14, so only 36 seconds ahead, was a friend of ours, Miles Burfield, has headed out to the oh, White Rock Trail wow. Fest and picked up second second place in the in the half marathon. So he's done well there, Miles, to, to just sneak ahead of Matt for seconds. So I don't know whether they were back and forward or whether Miles was ahead the whole time. Um, and, and, and interestingly, Kyle, a brand new father as well, Miles. So yes. only a couple of weeks ago. So, so it's doing good things maybe. for him. So I've got some hope. That's good. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So well done, from, well done to Miles. Um, and then Billy Curtis took out the win in 141. So three minutes ahead of, of Miles and Matt. So that's a, a cracking run from Billy. Yeah. So we know we know how good Matt is um, with some good results recently. And obviously we know how good Miles has been on the road um, over the last couple of years. So Billy Curtis, he, that's a new name to me. Yeah. So he must be quite solid. And looking at Matt's elevation here, 667 yeah, metres. There we go. So that's that's decent. That's it is decent. 30-odd. It's 30-odd metres a, a, a kilometre, isn't done it? That's done well. And he's averaged, number. according to the results, 459 and Miles was 457 a kilometre. So they've, they're running quick for that type of elevation. Wow. So, yeah, good work, everyone out at the White Rock Trail Fest this morning. Yes, so they had theirs postponed, I think, um, due to weather. I I want to say weather at at the end of last year. Um, And, of course, uh, Andrew Boney sort of works with them as well um, from Scenic Rim. He sort of helps them out to get that sort of going. So that's awesome. Because I think the the White Rock Warriors actually help him out with the checkpoints at the the Scenic Rim Ultra as well. So that's great. That's another another good little trail series that'll be popping up. Um, and then the week before, we had the Tambourine Relays. So the results on the website aren't particularly great, but um, I was up there, so I saw that happen. So they actually had five marathons in five days, and Stephen Wright won those, the five marathons in five days, which is extraordinary achievement to go round and round Tambourine five days in a row and do a marathon each day. 
But on the main day itself, which was the Sunday, um, Hayley Teal, she won the marathon in three hours and 37 minutes. She took the overall win there for the marathon. Um, and one of the Northern Gold Coast, one of our club's relay teams, actually took out the victory in the uh, in the relay, yeah. which was awesome as well. So, uh, and as the thing that I love about that event, it's it is such a good community event up there. You get it is it is serious to an extent, but it really is when you have that team ethic and you have that sort of club day. You have people making two person teams, three person teams, and six person teams, and so forth. And it, it's just got a different feel about it. And I think the fact that you get to run on, you know, what effectively is a cross country circuit at the start, and then a little bit on the road, um, makes it so much interesting and so much more different and your time is really irrelevant because there's nothing to compare it to at all you can't compare it to any other race going around so they did actually reverse the direction this year kyle yes i did say um that. so your crown from last year your course record safe. is safe good to hear for another year good to hear but i think tom brimelow tommy ran the last leg for the the norse team i think he ran pretty close to what he did the previous year as well 30 seconds or so either faster or slower so yeah different a different um Different direction, but still the same amount of pain, I think, when you're running I think so. the rollers up there. Now, also, how are we going for time here? We're mm-hmm. getting close to the hour. So uh, Zatapec actually happened as well, didn't it, Kyle? Now, this yeah. we don't go outside of southeast Queensland too often, but we do for a few big things. And Zatapec, I think, is one thing we should talk about because it is our premier event, isn't it? Our premier yeah. track race. And because you're a professional track runner Absolutely, now, yes. This is just um, bread and butter, obviously. I can't, before we get on to it, I can't wait for your introduction this year so because if, if you run a 229 and chapman brian chapman doubles down on kyle the trail runner that would just cement no, it well I'm, I'm thinking now it'll be kyle the trail runner but also co-winner of the resolution run from 2021 that also is up yep. there on his list of things that he looks for so we'll see whether the marathon time if it happens gets a mention or not but who knows we'll have to wait and see <laughs> It's almost as worth, like, the reason I want to go in the event partly is to do it, but also to find out do you, what kind of, if you get it, I think only the, the B division gets an introduction, though. I don't think the C's, or do the C's and D's maybe? Yeah, I'd, I'd want to know, like, if maybe if he knows your name from the past, like, what would he introduce you as, you know? Another so reason know. to enter. We'll Another reason to enter, everyone. See what he can find All out right. about you. <laughs> we'll go through Zatapak. So Zatapak's the Australian 10,000 metre championships. This was down in Melbourne on Wednesday night. Um, and it was quite warm. I think it was about 30, 31 degrees still, and these were done in the evening at night time. It was dark, so still really warm, and I don't think humidity was too bad. I did see a few runners post, oh, it was really hot and humid, and I did look on some of their Stravas, and I think it was 30 degrees, humidity, 50%. I thought, oh, yeah, I, I wish that was humid. I really wish that was humid. But anyway, that's a, that's another point. So the the times in like this couple of races, they were a bit more tactical for some parts of the like the female race definitely was, um, and parts of the males times were a little bit slower just because it was so hot. But in the female race, it was a really good race. Um, it kind of really picked up towards the end, and it was interesting because you had Rose Davies and Izzy Bat Doyle who both represented Australia at the Olympics for five thousand meters. And it was those two versus Eloise Wellings was the third one who was there, who's now a previous Zatapec winner, probably one of Australia's mm. best 10,000-metre runners from the past, multiple-time Olympian, now marathon runner, who's just qualified for the World Championships um, later in the year. And those three together. So it was interesting to see how this turned out. But um, Eloise ended up getting Izzy for second in the end. So I'll go through the results. But Izzy Bat Doyle was third in 33.04. Eloise Wellings was second in 33 flat. And Rose Davies has taken out the win in 32.58. So she now 
has the Australian 10,000 meter and Zatapec title. And if you remember, Tom, yeah. I remember when she came up and ran Kira Park Run. Do you remember this from like yep. two years ago? And I said at the end of the okay. year, that'll be a name to watch in the future. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, go back two years ago. And she's now an Olympian and just won Zatapec. So I think that was a great call that I made a couple of so, years ago. Are you, so you're saying that was the, the when I go through the top 10 and yeah, you said that's she was Yeah, oh, she God. won. She came up and she was the top for the year. I think the yep. first time you did it. At Kira. I'm going to find that. I think I'm she's got the course. I think she comment. still has the course record. So go back and have a listen. I'm sure they're probably not there. I'm sure it was something along those lines. But another reason awesome. to go back to one of our first episodes and, and have a listen. But that was the that was the female race. And then the male race was on about <clears throat> an hour later. So they had slightly cooler conditions, but I think it was a little bit more humid. Um, and this was an interesting one because the times for most of them were a little bit slower than what you'd expected, but the front little group that they had were absolutely mm. flying and still ran quite quick. So in the end, Liam Adams, he kind of dropped off the front two, and he ended up in third in 28.46. Dave McNeil, who kind of looked like he was going to just sit and kick at the end there and potentially get the win, he ran 28.22. But Jack Rayner, who now marathon runner, but obviously still very yeah. fast over the shorter distances, he ran 28.16 um, to take oh. out the win. And I think it was, I think I heard them say it's his seventh or eighth try in that Zatapak, and he's finally got the win. So great to see. Like it was an incredible run in those conditions when it looked like the thing that was amazing from it is, and I'll go through it in a second, a few of the Gold Coast Runco boys in the Queenslands, you know, our best 10K runners were down there. Mm. And to watch the live stream and see Jack and Dave lapping them just Mm. kind of blew my mind, just knowing how fast these boys are. And to watch these guys just motoring past them was unbelievable to see. So yeah, well done to Jack for, for getting the win there. But I'll go through a couple of just our kind of the names that we talk about a little bit more from from Southeast Queensland who were there. So we had Jack Bruce, who's up in Brisbane. He ran 29.33 for sixth. Louis McAfee, he ran 30 flat, 0.32. He was in ninth. Liam Buden, he ran 30.01. Uh, and then we had, if we go down a little bit lower, we had Tim Vincent was down there as well, 30.21. Um, and Aiden Hobbs was down there as well. He got a start in Zatapak. Um, he was 31.14. So good to see, you know, out of the, the 20 that were in the field, you know, a quarter of them from Queensland. Yeah. Is Aiden Hobbs the hardest racing amateur athlete going he a lot, Like he's he? always there. <laughs> he gives every Masters athlete a bit of hope as well that he can – that. Age doesn't mean you have to slow down. You That's can be right. quick. That's right. Um, and you're right there. So so Louis and them ran low 30, did they? Is that what you right said? around 30. Louis was 30 flat. Yeah. So right on 30. And Jack, Jack Rainey, you said, was 28. He was 28, 16. 16. So you're looking there at a minute 45, minute yeah. 44. That's a long way on a 10,000-meter track, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's not only lapping them once, that's nearly getting them a second time, isn't it? Yeah, they're, incredible you know, running. They're on, so ridiculous it, to it, watch, but so impressive. It, it is, rem- yeah, like you said, it is remarkable to watch our best in Queensland, and then you, they go up to that next level, which is there as well. Um, yeah, wonderful. So, also, um, Kyle, while we, we we go out a little bit further, I guess the big news for every trail runner this week was um, UTA's post that yeah. they put up this week um, in in collaboration. Of course, now that comes under UTMB. So UTA put a post out saying that the Ultra Trail Mont Blanc series the world series is announcing a brand new race in oceana and mm. it's going to be announced on february the 2nd so february the 2nd is tuesday is so when tuesday. most people listen to this is it tuesday they could i don't know when is it tuesday wednesday what's tomorrow tomorrow's 31st no it'll be tuesday uh wednesday so people wednesday. may be listening to this before it actually gets announced or some people will be listening to this 
probably having just seen it get announced. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, yeah, yeah, tomorrow, we will be hearing from, I think UTA is going to make the announcement of what this new race is. So it's it's been restructured, like it's been restructured, hasn't it, in the last year. And this restructurization, I guess, um, is all geared towards the 2022-2023 series. So the UTMB in 2023 is going to be the, the world championship race and everything for the next year and a bit is geared towards that. And they've kind of now set it up, and I really like this, that they've set it up in levels. So you have UTMB, which of course is the big race, Triple C and OCC, in August in 2023 as the championship race. Just below that then, they're going to have three world major races. So one in America, which is yet to be announced. They're announcing that, I think, this month coming. Um They've announced the one in Europe, which is the Val d'Oran and the Pyrenees. And so that takes place in July this year. So that's the major. And then they've also announced that the Asia-Pacific major is the Trans Lantau, which is in Hong Kong at the end of this year. And if you finish top 10 in either the European, the Asia-Oceana or the American race, you get an automatic ticket to UTMB, which is awesome. So there's going to be three massive, I guess, continental races and when this announcement first came out, Kyle, you and I thought maybe they're going to create a new one to be the Continental Championship. But then we both looked into it and they've already announced that Hong Kong one, which means, as you said beforehand, the new race is going to slot in underneath it, isn't it? Yeah, so same as what currently UTA and Tarawera, which are our two somewhat local Australian, New Zealand current yeah. races in this UTMB World Series of races. And like you said, there's 30 events underneath those three majors. And from what I read when I looked on the website, I think those majors are going to change each year. They will yes, name, yes, they will. They'll name yep. the, new, the new major each year. There'll be three majors a year, and obviously UTMB will be the, the World Series final. Um, but each year then there's these 30 other races to make up yep. the whole World Series. Um, and yeah, and I suppose it just got us thinking. We were talking about this during the week, what our you know, what would be the race that we want to see? Like what would excite us when we look at this and go, yep, that's one that we definitely want to enter. So we don't know exactly whether it's going to be, because it was announced, as you said, as Oceana. So it could be Australia, New Zealand, could be one of the islands, Pacific Islands. We're not sure exactly what, where what this could be. What was your first be. thought when I, it came out? I was, I'm hopeful. That's, that's the word I have. Because as yeah. I said to you, I reckon the last probably two years, there hasn't really been any new races that have got me really excited about trail running around here. Like we've got some amazing races in Australia and New Zealand, which I'd obviously still got some I'd love to do. But as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, if they put a race on here, whether it's Australia or New Zealand on a course that just really excites me, I'm in, like I'll, I'll be back. I want to do one of these races. So I'm kind of hopeful that when they announce this, this coming week, that it's somewhere that I get really excited about and just think that sounds amazing. Like I really want to go and do this race. Um, obviously there were certain See, areas that, that, that excited me hearing you say that as well as the race, when you actually said it, it made you excited about a trial race, I was like, wow, that is cool as well. That it actually gets you thinking yeah. this is awesome because we've had this discussion with many people. Once you've done a race and particularly those who've done really well to race, whether that's winning at top 10, whatever, what's the motivation to go back again? And and that's, I guess, the, the thing with yeah. trial running, which is it's good we have so many different events. So to hear you say that, you know, like you said at the start, you've been to Tarawera four times, you've been down to UTA many times. So like you've done Blackall, you've done the Glasshouse Mountain ones. Like, so for it's almost going to take a new race, isn't it, for you yeah, to go? Yeah, and that's, right. the, that's the thing. Like I'm generally pretty motivated by like times and results. So there's obviously events I'd love to go to for specific time goals, but I haven't, I, don't, I reckon it would have been, I'm trying to think the last time that I genuinely entered a race just, and kind of got on the start line, like, which is just that unknown, not really knowing what I was in for, 
other yeah. than the beer mile. That definitely made me feel like that. But let's take the beer mile out of it for yeah. ultras as well. And I can remember the first year I went over to Tarawera, like just that whole trip and like running in a different country. I'd never run on any of the trails before. You know, you had some of the best runners in the world standing on the start line in front of you. Like I'd never been so excited for a race in my life. And it was the same when I first went to UTA. Like they were the first two times I went to those two big events and just mm. I want that feeling again. And I don't think I've yeah. had any races that have, motivated me to go i need to get to that because i'm so excited about this race it's somewhere i've never been before and i want to yep. be part of that with that big excitement so i'm hoping that it's something that kind of as soon as i see it i go yep that's the one i want to do um whether it is or not like it still might be something that i potentially look at look at going to but it'll depend again mm. where it is and, and what type of event it is but yeah i'm, I'm so, interested yeah. from you tom as well because we were talking about some ideas of what we would what we're hoping that we would like to see like what are your kind of current hopes for this event what are you thinking it's going to be so yeah i'll go into that in a sec but just to explain it to everyone else so yeah so there are those 30 what they're going to call world series races around the world and there's about 17 or 18 in europe there's you know four or five in america there'll be four or five in asia and there'll be there'll be three now with tarawera and uta in oceana that'll make up the 30 and you kind of work through those levels um into the different levels to get to utmb so, yeah, when this – well, actually, for the record, Kyle, first of all, we can put it out there straight away that UTMB have not approached Kyle or I for the mm. goat loop to be was, the whoa, third. Whoa, whoa, mate. You never know, Tom. I've been keeping a secret from you. Well, yeah, exactly. the goat loop. Well, yeah, yeah, if they have, you've kept it from me. So that we won't it won't be the goat loop by UTMB. We can assure everyone of that. But my initial thought, Kyle, was um, – was, uh, I, I, I thought maybe it was going to be because of the wording of Oceania, it was going to be Pacific. It was going to be in the island nations. Yeah. But then I thought, okay, where could it possibly be? Could it be Fiji? But Fiji, like we said, is a, it's a big flight. It's four or five hours from here. That's a long way for people to get to. And then you think, okay, where else could it be? It's not. It can't be Queensland, surely, because um, you know we've got big races up here. It's not going to be New South Wales because that's UTA, Western Australia. I'm not too sure just for the amount of time it takes people to travel there because that's obviously a big thing for them, isn't it? You know, travel time, people getting to the races, people being able to, the infrastructure to be able to put on a race. We're already seeing how Katoomba and the surrounding Blue Mountain area is struggling with accommodation and things now that UTA is selling out so quickly. So obviously the infrastructure around an event is massive for for um, for UTMB. And then I started to think, and this is the one that got me excited, I was like, what about South Island of New Zealand? Mm. And we talked about this on Wednesday, and I said the reason I thought South Island of New Zealand was because UTMB, if you look at the races, most of them are in Europe, and Europe is such a mountainous, beautiful area of the world, you know, snow-top mountains, you know, massive vertical gain and elevation. Tarawera doesn't have that vertical gain, but if you were to go what I call almost Lord of the Rings country where they set Lord of the Rings down there, those massive valleys and those big plains and those huge mountain peaks. Surely there's a, an event possible down there. That's where, and I, I left you on Wednesday thinking that's where I want it to be. And as I was driving home, I was like, would they put two in New Zealand and one in Australia? Would they really do that to these two countries? So then I started to think maybe, maybe not. And then I got given a message from someone who said, Ultra Trail New Caledonia has just taken their website down and their Facebook page down three days ago. And if you go on, if you're listening to this, and it, they haven't announced it yet, if you go onto that page, it doesn't exist anymore. But the Ultra Trail New Caledonia race is a race that's been around for 25, 28 years. It's well-established. Um, 
obviously the infrastructure is there and it just seems too coincidental for them to take that yeah. down in the week. So after all this, I'm landing on New Caledonia because it's, and it's only three hours, I think, for flight yeah. from Australia. Yeah. Um, but I, I so want it to be South Island of oh, New Zealand because I, I think that would be phenomenal. I, I like, think that would be amazing. We were talking about this and the, the reason I was saying I hope I'm excited because I can't say I'm going to be that excited if that's what it is. Like, I'm sure they'll put on a great event, but I'm like, that's not yeah. one of the ones that I'll be like, oh, my God, I need to get to New Caledonia because I've looked into that race before and it looks lovely, but I can't say that's yeah. one that will get me straight there. But like you said, the ones, there's a couple of things I keep seeing thrown around, whether they'll look at Kosciuszko National Park in New South Wales. Yep. I think that would be really cool. Um, I'd love for them to do another big one somewhere down in Tassie. I think that would be amazing. Like, it's quite a long destination race, but just some of the terrain down there, like there is some races down there, but I think that's a really untapped market, like as far as just outdoors type environments yeah. and things down there. If there was a big one down there and some amazing terrain, that would be really cool. But I, same as you, like I would love to see it, like and it'll play won't happen, but if they came out and said we're going to do like Ultra Trail Queenstown by UTMB oh. and it was going to, you know, similar to in Chamonix, yeah. they were going to start it by the lake in Queenstown, you were going to run out through the city streets up into the mountains for 100K or 100 miles and finish back in town. I would absolutely be there. So if, if that comes out on Wednesday and I can make it, I will I will do it. If it's <laughs> something else that isn't quite the same as that, then we will see. It's still an option. But, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see what it is because, again, we haven't had a new big ultra for quite a few years. I reckon between kind of that 2012, 2015 kind of period, race big races were popping up everywhere. And in the last probably like four or five years, we just haven't had that big influx of big ultras. We've had a few, obviously, more local ones that have come in, but none of those yeah. really big events like there was you know, probably five to ten years ago that were kind of popping up. So here's hoping we get another another really good one. So Wednesday comes out. So most of you will have listened to this probably Tuesday um, or before Tuesday, and some of you will have obviously know the result and you'll hopefully have skipped through this entire discussion that we've had. Um, because if you listen to this afterwards, you'll know where it is. So I'm hoping South Island, but I think New Caledonia. Kyle, you're I'm gonna go, hope, I'm hoping gonna and go, thinking South Island. Yeah, but I reckon I'm going to go, if I had to put a prediction in, if you've gone New Caledonia and that's off the table, I'm going to go somewhere in Kosciuszko National Park in I Australia. Like they're, they're the predictions. We'll see. Awesome. Now, you put out some questions, Kyle, yeah. um, that people wanted to know. Now, now, interestingly, while you were chatting before, Brad Eyre just sent one through. Did you see yes, it come I, through? I did just see that, and I thought, well, that's very fitting because we've just gone Beautiful through. timing. Brad Eyre just asked um, – I did see it. Now it's disappeared on mine. What was the question? He Is said, there anything what's else? the next challenge now that Summer Goats is over? He's enjoying the fact that there was things to focus on between racing. And obviously, Brad, now if you've got to this part of the podcast – Narang bingo, print off your sheet and get out there and start ticking off the challenges. <laughs> yes. All right. So so what are some of the other questions that came through that uh, we can bounce around? Yeah. So I'm going to start with a more serious one. So Adzi mm. Gordon, fellow coach, he always throws out good questions with these things. He said, what are some warning signs that we might be, that might someone might be just bordering on the edge of kind of more of that overtraining side of things? So when you're starting to get kind of minimal performance gains, looking at potential injuries or even just yep. lacking motivation with things. Um, and I think kind of he's half answered it there. Like if you're someone, and it's a good question because generally everyone's got this mindset of more is better. You know, we always just have to do more and more and more. And the only way to get fitter is to do more. Um, and I always have this conversation with people at work as well is you've got to look at your training and go, what's sustainable? Like there's going to be times when you are going to, you know, be pushing yourself a little bit more, but you've got to look at your general week and go, what could I do for years? Like if you're kind of doing things and you're like, oh, this is just, I could do this for a few weeks, but I cannot wait for this training block to be over because I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Potentially it's a little bit too much for you as well. That's one point. 
the other thing is yeah, if you're finding that either like you are just lacking motivation with it as well like you've got all this training and you're just finding it's just a slog you're not actually enjoying getting out there that's a big sign that you kind of need to change things because at the end of the day like none of us are doing this for a career it's not our jobs we're not professional athletes so really it's like we're doing it because we enjoy doing it so if all of a sudden you sit back and you go oh, i'm not enjoying what i'm doing at the moment that's a really good time just to take a step back and go okay what do i need to change yeah. like this is this isn't great um and i suppose the the point there as far as like looking at you're not really getting any performance gains is once you hit a certain po- amount of volume the like they said, the benefit gains are quite small, but your risk of then overtraining injuries, fatigue and doing your body damage are just so much higher. So it really comes down to what people's goals are. But I think the big thing people need to take into account when they're looking at this and what's sustainable for them is not just what training you're doing, but what's your life like at the moment? It's one thing I reckon I talk to a lot of people about. Like if, if you're someone who's working massive hours, you've got a family and just life's stressful in general, you're not going to be able to tolerate as much running as someone who works less hours, doesn't have that stressful life and can just kind of recover a lot of the other time. People don't take into account like kind of just mental stress and work stress and kind of time on their feet and all these other things. They're going to affect your training. And so sometimes people just, you know, they're doing all these things and they want running as their release, but they've got massive hours at work, stressful for home and family life. And then they're trying to run these massive volumes and that it's just never going to work for those types of people, but they'll look at it and go, yeah, but my training's super consistent and, you know, I'm not doing anything crazy, but you take into account everything you're doing and it's just not going to work for that person. So I think the big takeaway from that is don't copy what other people are doing and assume that's going to work for you because mm. you don't know what their situation is. They could be not working and just sitting at home recovering like a professional athlete. Like, of course, they're going to yeah. be able to tolerate that. Don't assume that, you know, their life's exactly the same as yours. That's one big thing. So sometimes people, I think, get into the trap of looking at people that they look up to and running and, you know, want to emulate and, you know, look at their training and go, well, if they're doing that, I should probably follow a similar structure. But they don't take into account everything else. So I think that's just a good reminder. It's always a good point there from Adzi as well that you've just got to look after yourself. We're not professional athletes. You know, we're not losing income if we don't train. Like we do it because we enjoy it. So make sure you're enjoying it. Like that's the main thing. And yep. more is not always better. Yeah, and it's, it's a point you've made many times on our, our Patreon ones that we can achieve a hell of a lot as amateur athletes when we're well rested. And and yeah, and you, you don't even you're not even focusing on the training when you're well trained. There, your your point that you often make is we can achieve and run well when we're well rested. Yeah, of course you and can. That, but again, that, it's it's that, a lot harder for people to accept that. They don't want to accept the fact yeah. that they can do that. And sometimes the only thing that makes them realize that is they get injured, come back, and they're training a bit more, you know, a little bit more smart, and all of a sudden they start getting really good results. And they go, oh, this is all yeah. I have to do. Yeah, and it's just I always tell people the way I explain it to people with their training is if people look on like their Strava graph on their app and it has your last I mean, 10 weeks or whatever pops up on your Strava, the area, the total area under that graph is generally your fitness it's about building that and you can continue to build that fitness by just spending more time training consistently. You don't always have to do more. What mm. I see all the time is people just kind of build, build, build. They don't know where they're going to. They just continue to build. The only thing that stops them is they get hurt. So it drops them back down and then they start yep. the build again and they just continue to build until they break again. And then they start building again and then they break. Sometimes yep. it's going, okay, sit down and go, what's a level that I'm actually happy with that I'll enjoy training and that's sustainable. Stay at that level for a little while. Don't just continue to build forever. People talk mm. about like the 10% rule and things. Like if you kept doing that for only a few months, <laughs> you can very quickly hurt yourself. So yeah. yes, that's Good my one. Little, little coaching talk in the, in the podcast. Awesome. 
Next question. What do we got? Yeah. So a little, a nice little one from Brad Ed, which we've already alerted to as well. He, he said, how many people ran a faster goat loop than Jack Gill this month? And I think that was because he went out and ran he did. one spot ahead of Jack Gill today. So yep. Brad has moved ahead of Jack for the, for the monthly, the monthly leaderboard as well. Um, yep. That was a good little one from Brad there. Uh, Will Kitchen has, has written in as well. And he said he knows it's early in the year, but do we think we're going to see a Gold Coast Marathon course record this year with the hope that the elites will be back? Will we see course records broken? Well, I haven't read too much about it. Has there been a news update? Has it just been elevated to No, to so I think, that's, or... I think that was a very old article that got released. It's been gold for a little while. Um, yeah. But I think, I suppose just looking at it, They've been break, very close to or breaking the record the last few years. It would be great to see someone come over and the Australian all-comers record um, has been there for a long time. So I think that's something mm. that they're very close to breaking. I think it's high 207s. I'd love to see that kind of broken. I'd love to see someone come over and run a 205 or a 206 at Gold Coast one day. I feel like that's kind yep. of what's needed to elevate it on the, the world yep. stage as one of those big marathons. So I'm it's hopeful, a big ask though, isn't I'm it? hopeful it's, it's, but it's a... It's a tough ask because they're already running around 208. So to get someone over there running faster than that would be extremely, extremely impressive. And if you look at our conditions when it comes to weather on the world stage, they're not ideal for fast marathon yeah. running at the, at the top end. So to yeah. get people to, to come out and run, which in relatively speaking, are warm conditions, plus you've got the travel time, which which is a massive yeah, that's part right. of it as well. Plus you you look at... Other races maybe in similar weather, you know, in the Middle East where they put big cash prizes on the line, that's where that's the best the athletes thing. are going to go. So that's the big thing. But it could happen. Like the course is yep. there. That's the thing. If they get the right conditions and they – like we haven't, still haven't seen the 6 o'clock start time yet. It was supposed to be this yes. year. So we might start seeing some faster times purely off the early start time. That might be enough to, to get the course records. So yep. time will tell, Will, whether we get some course records. The last one I'm just going to quickly – I think I'm not going to get through all of these because we had quite a few. Tom, I want you to pick your favourite – trail in southeast queensland not in Narang, not the goat loop you can't you can't do the goat loop what is your favorite trail otherwise give me one or two it's got to be binabar it's got to be coomera circuit dave's okay. and shipstone nice. uh, like and, and i think for me it's a bit sentimental because that's where i went often we used to do those australia day runs with ando and people like that um it's popped up on facebook in the last week and it was just great to get out there with 25 other people or so and that was kind of where I went first with people like Ando and with Ian Dowling and those guys when they got me into trail running. And you just, I don't know, it's just beautiful, isn't it? You get those, even those cloudy days when ship turns, when you can't see off the end of ship turn and, and you just got all the waterfalls up there. Just, yeah, that's for me. What about you? I'm going to go, so Dave's Creek Circuit in Binnaburra. I reckon some of that's yep. probably my favourite trail. So, I mean, it's not a long loop, but I love that little loop, that run where you're kind of running out onto the rocky part just because there's yeah, nothing yeah. else like it in, in Queensland that I've found anyway. Um, <clears throat> and then I think out towards uh, on near the Cunningham Gap, we've got the two mountains. is Mount Mitchell and Mount Cordeaux on either side yep. of those ones as well. I haven't done those for a long time, but they are absolutely incredible trails. So mm. for anyone that's listening that hasn't ventured further out towards the main range, so it's about an hour and a half kind of west from here, so you've got to keep heading out past kind of your Springbrook and your Binnabar and O'Reilly's, there's some absolutely incredible trails out there for people that want to want to go out there and explore. So if you look up those and, you know, I think Hayley Teal was out there the other day. I saw her doing reps up yes. and down <laughs> and posting photos of the trails and it's yeah. just incredible out there as well. So they would be my my suggestions. So yeah, good so, questions. Yeah, 
All right, so uh, what's coming up? So now we, we, we stride into uh, the wilderness of February. So we've got a few races coming up in Hold on, we got breaking news, breaking news on oh. the... on the. Well, here we go, Tom. Get your goats, summer goats. Summer goats oh, okay. out. We have just had a loop done by Mr. Darcy Swain. Oh, he's there. And Beautiful. he has run 31.43. Oh, so I believe wow. that Can is going to... Oh, can you the just drama. fill for like for a minute for me? Oh, okay. Where did, what do we want to talk about here? So this is the one. Well, on this, I can talk about this because so Sam, obviously, I work with Sam. Him and Darcy have been having this battle the whole time, and Sam was kind of we've been talking about it the last few weeks. Just going, well, it doesn't seem like Darcy's going to go out. Like normally, he's kind of gone out by now as well. And Sam <laughs> had gone out last weekend, tried to do one, but the mountain biking was on, so they couldn't actually get onto the start of the trail, so he wasn't actually able to do it. So he's like, I'm going to have to go, go back out this weekend and do another one. And then I was kind of at the point, like we said, that I'm like, oh, it doesn't look like Darcy's going to go out or he's going to have to go out tomorrow morning. But what time did he go out? Let's have a look. He ran this at 4.40 and it's now 5.40. So he has just finished this. So I'm glad I saw that and I just went onto the, the app on Strava. But that 31.43, so that's put him in third place. So that's at 10.9. So he gets eight points, which means he's going to go to 32, but that's going to push Piercy down a point. And all those other guys down, so that's going to put that's going to put Darcy outright, outright, clearly in third place. Oof. Tom Brimelow fifty six, Jack Gill forty, and I think that's going to put Darcy Swain under thirty two. That is brilliant. Drama. Live podcasting and live updates. <laughs> well done, Darcy. Thank you for the drama. Is that is what's is, is there any comments linked with this Strava there? What's he put? It's only He's... his tenth goat loop, Kyle. Wow. Brad Glover's commented saying, has he done a shoey? He heard that's what you do for 10 loops. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is wonderful, isn't it? That is brilliant. There you go. Oh, how it, good I, is that? It is his PR as well. He's, yeah. now, he's, he's, he's done a, PR he's finished there. it off. Oh, the drama. Sam, I'm going to have to message Sam and say he's got to go back out after work. I think he's got a full day at work tomorrow, so he's actually going to have a very early goat loop for it. <laughs> no, I think he'll leave wow. that for Darcy to take that third place, but how good is that? Brilliant. Good spotting, Kyle. That is outstanding. Um, all right. So as it stands at the moment, Tom, Jack and Darcy, and then Haley, Chrissy, and Danielle and Dana in third there as it stands. But we still could have anything could happen, Kyle. Anything yeah. could happen. 27 hours to go now, something like that. 20, 27, 28, 29 hours to go. Um, all right. <laughs> Drama. Let's, let's, Love it. Let's, re- let's regather. <laughs> As I said, we're striding into the, uh, the wilderness of February, which normally has Tarawera in it, and unfortunately that's not to be this year. Um, but we do have a few other races, Kyle. Let, let me know what you think of these ones. We've got um, the Dust Till Dawn, which used to be at the Caboolture Heritage Centre. Um, that's on next weekend on the 5th. That's now out at Tagulawa. That's when you do the, the six-hour, the 12-hour events. Round and round. We've got SEQ Bunyaville. It's back on the 6th, so that's next Sunday. Um, we will have another podcast before Hens Dam, but that's also on the 20th. And then we've got Alan's AAA race, the new one, which is called the Go Figure, um, with 86 kilometres, 43 kilometres, and 25, I think I've scribbled down there, kilometers. So that's a new race that Alan's put on there in the AAA calendar. So some short ones, a long one, and a round and round, roundy sort of one. Um, Everything. What else could you want? <laughs> yeah. But I've got a ticket, Carl. I have a ticket to uh, SEQ Hens Dam, so nice. February 20. Uh, but, yeah, it's good to get the um, the short course back. Oh, sorry, the SEQ um, Trail Series back up and running because that's a big favourite for everyone. So, yes, and then looking into March, March is, I guess, we get some big ones happening in March, don't we, With in the raw, 
Uh, we've got the Yandina 50. We've got the Noosa Ultra Trail. We've got Daisy Hill. You and Matic really that's, kicks off. That's that a bumper month, isn't it? That's yeah. That's when it really kind of heats up with some big races. But Kyle, um, anything from you? The, the only news that I have, Kyle, and this is something which I'm going to chat a bit more about in the next um, the next podcast, is that I've decided to make a big change in my life. Ah, and yes, yes. Uh, when was it? Wednesday, I went out for a bit of a jog. And I decided to upload a map, which I don't often, often do. I thought, I'll, I'll learn a new loop of my area. So I uploaded a map and then did the map, got home. My Garmin was beautiful, wonderful. Went to bed, woke up the next morning. And I had on, my, on the screen of my Garmin what the internet describes as the blue triangle of death. Um, that's what the forums have called it. So the blue triangle of death is the Garmin logo that doesn't move regardless of what you do. You can... You can um, press all the buttons. You can you can lick the end of the you know the charging thing. You can sort of try and blow, blow the dust out. All the things that you know the uh, mechanical minded people like you and I do to try and fix these things. Nothing has worked. So I think my Phoenix is absolutely finished. It's kaput. So I've decided to make a change, Kyle. I'm I'm going to leap. I'm going to leap away from Garmin, and I've I've been looking at some other watches over the last week, and I'm going to get myself a Coros. Nice. So. Um, Coros Apex, I think they're called. Um, so I'm going to let you know how that goes. I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm like it. It'll be like a whole I'm new running nervous. journey. It's like starting all over again. I like it. It's, 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 fresh it's so interesting when you when you look at watches and you look at what watches can do. And then you look at it and go, and they say, oh, well, the Garmin can do this, but the Coros can't do this. And you go, oh, well, that's a deal breaker. But then you look at it and go, well, I don't even use that. <laughs> you know, it's all the uploading of maps and all these different things that goes, well, your Coros can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And then when you actually think about it, you go, well, I didn't even use that on my Garmin. I didn't no, even do that on my right. Garmin. I didn't do that. What am I doing on my Garmin? I'm pressing start and stop pretty much. That's it. Um, so, yes, I'm going to let you know how I go. I've, I've always been a, an Apple person. I've always had the Apple phone. I've never gone Android. Uh, but I'm going to be that guy who's sitting around a table on Wednesday. Maybe mine will take longer to upload. Maybe mine will be super quick. Maybe I'll be the guy that no one can start their run because they're still waiting for my GPSs to sync, that kind of fella. So that's that's my next couple of weeks. And I thought I can do it now because I'm not running too much at the moment. So now's the time to make the change. I like it. I like it. I look forward to hearing all about it. Yeah. What about you? Anything big? Uh, nothing major. It'll be just more training. Hopefully I will make sure that I will keep my glasses on at all times mm-hmm. when I head into the garage, no matter whether I'm doing yard work or not. I think I'm just going to wear glasses constantly now. Um, I if so. I can get through a fortnight with no eye injuries, that will be fantastic. So that's my goal for the next fortnight. Two yep. good eyes. Next podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. That's um, that's a pretty big episode, close to an hour and a half. We've, we've covered a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah. We look forward with uh, anticipation to UTMB's announcement and also to uh, anything that happens on the Goat Loop um, tomorrow morning. And, yeah, we look forward to those races that are coming up in February. But thanks, everyone, again for listening. Um, jump over to Patreon. As we said, we've had some great interviews. I didn't mention that at the start, but we, we talked to Black, um, the Black Hole 100 winner, Nick Bamford, recently, um, which was a great interview. And Kyle's next episode, you said, is going to be on uh, yeah, nailing long the runs. long run. How to nail your long run. It's Tips, tricks, pick. everything. Pre-run, yep. run, post-run, everything. We have a few awesome. masterclass on long runs. Excellent. Awesome. All right, mate. Thanks again. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening yeah, to we'll another see episode. everyone in two weeks' time. See you, mate. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers.